history. Let's stand together. We'll read beginning in verse 12. John chapter 16 and verse 12. In these chapters, John 13, 14, 15, 16, and then the first part of, in 17, the first part of 18, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his uh, death on the cross. And so all these, every time you, I read this, I read it with that context in mind. So as he's, as he's speaking here in John 16 to his disciples, he's preparing them for his departure. And he says in verse 12, I, ha I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show, shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So it says there in verse 13, when he, the, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. If you have your Bible there in John 16, look to the left a couple of chapters to John chapter 14 and verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. So in verse 26 of chapter 14, it says, Jesus said he will teach you all things. And then in chapter 16 in verse 13, he says, he will guide you into all truth. So tonight we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, our teacher. He is our teacher. He's our, he will guide us into truth. And let's pray as we begin. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, and we pray that you'd bless, dear Lord, as we study your word together. Help us to have open hearts and minds. And Father, we can, all of us can become so busy, occupied with so many things that our minds can be distracted, our attention can be uh, diverted from where, where it should be. And so tonight, I just pray that you'd help all of us to be focused on what you want to teach us from the Word of God. Help us to take it to heart. And Father, as we pray tonight, we pray for this special prayer request that Mrs. Hawkins has shared. We ask you, Lord, that you'd continue to guide and bless there, work mightily in that situation for your honor and your glory. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to begin tonight by thinking about the, the source of truth. Where does truth come from? If Jesus, if Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into all truth and that he's going to teach you all things, what is the source of truth? And the answer is God is the source of truth. God is the source. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the what? Truth and the life. Jesus said, I am the truth. In John 16, 14, where we read a moment ago, it says this about the Holy Spirit. He shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Now, 
if, if when you read a verse of Scripture, it's good to consider the context of the Scripture because verse 14 says, He shall receive of mine and show it unto you. Now, you know, what is He going to show you? What is He going to receive? What's the Holy Spirit going to receive? What's He going to show? Well, in the context of this, verse 13, He says, He will guide you into all truth. The last part of verse 13, He says, He will show you things to come. He's going to teach you things that regard, regarding truth. So verse 14, He will receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So God, God is the source of truth. Jesus said, He's going to take from me and show it unto you. Look in verse 15 there. We read it a moment ago. All things that the Father hath are mine. Now what things are you talking about? We could say generally speaking, everything that God has, that could be as the planets, that could be the animal life, that could be a lot of things that God has. But in the context, he's talking about truth. All things that the Father hath, Jesus said, are mine. We are, we, we, what he has is mine, and then verse 15 also, therefore said I, he, talking about the Holy Spirit, he's the subject of this uh, teaching, he, the Holy Spirit, will take of mine, take of my what? Of my truth, and shall show it unto you. So he's going to take from me and show it to you. All things, all matter of truth belongs to the Father. All matter of truth belongs to Jesus. And Jesus said, the Spirit's going to take from me and show it unto you. So Jesus is like the co-owner of all truth. And all of that truth will come to us through the Holy Spirit. Now to me, just that thought in itself uh, is worth considering because... If the Spirit of God is going to guide me into all the truth that God has for me, then it's really important that I understand how to learn from the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense to you? Because He's the one... See, I know most people think, well, if I just read it enough times, I will understand it. I'm smart enough, I can figure this out. But I'm telling you, it's not that way with God's truth. It's not about our intellect, it's about God revealing it to us. It's about God showing it to us. And there are things that Jesus wanted these men to know. Look in verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you. But you cannot bear them now. He said, There's a, you, may, you may have learned a lot. They've been with him for three years. You may have figured out a lot of stuff. You may have seen a lot of things. You may remember a lot of it. But he says, there's a whole lot more that you don't know. And you don't, but you will know. Because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live within you. And he's going to make sure you know that. He'll communicate truth to the disciples. So God is the author of truth. <coughs> and he spoke to us. God spoke to us. Through his son, which is truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. And God spoke to us through his son. But Jesus, who brought truth to us, he is the living word of God. He brought truth to us, but he is going away. So I can imagine these disciples thinking, well, who's going to teach us now? I mean, we can't hardly relate to I can't relate to this. Three solid years of living with Jesus, spending almost every waking moment with Jesus, camping out under the stars with Jesus. Could you imagine having Jesus around all the time, just constantly learning things, and Jesus is about to go away, but he said, that's okay, because I'm going to send the spirit of truth, and he's going to teach you truth. God is the source of truth. God gave truth in the Old Testament to his prophets by divine inspiration. He gave truth to the apostles in the New Testament by inspiration. 
and he is transferred. And by the way, he gave the church the responsibility to have a great uh, hands-on experience of being custodians of the truth. Where did, where did most of the truth that we have in the New Testament, aside from the Gospels, where did it come from? It came from letters given to churches. Amen. So, a lot of, I, know, I know that a, a lot of people minimize the role of churches, but I'm telling you, this is what, this is what the Bible says. That, that uh, the, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. That's what the Bible says. So you, people say, well, I don't think church is all important. Well, I beg to differ with you. God says it's real important. And so he handles this, he handled that truth, handed that truth to the churches. And so the spirit of truth reveals truth. Now, I would, I would like to think that everybody in this room would like to have truth, right? We want the truth. And, and truth has to be learned. Would you agree with that? It has to be learned. And so, let me give you an example. Hold your finger here in John 16. We'll be back. Go to the left to Matthew. And let's look in Matthew chapter 16 for a moment. An example of how truth must be received. It must be learned. In Matthew chapter 16, in verse 13, the Bible says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, that's one of the northernmost places that uh, Jesus went, Caesarea Philippi. And when Jesus came there to the edge of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? Now that's an interesting question. Jesus asked the disciples, you, you talk to people, you hear what people are saying, what do they say about me? Who do they say I am? And this was the response of the disciples in verse 14. And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist. And some, Elias or Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. They were trying to figure out who Jesus was. He looks like, he reminds me of John the Baptist. Maybe it's Jeremiah, maybe it's Elijah. Not Elijah, Wagner, Elijah. The, and he's, in verse 15, he saith unto them, Jesus said to them, whom say ye that I am? Who do you think I am? And Simon Peter answered and said in verse 16, Thou art the Christ. The Christ, the, the Messiah, the promised one. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who I say you are. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. How did Peter figure this out? How did Peter know? Everybody else, a lot of different opinions about who Jesus is. How did Peter know? Because God showed him. Amen. Truth has to be learned. All of us have to be taught. Now, I said this before, but I want to say it again. You don't know truth intuitively. You don't just, have, you don't just know truth because you just naturally know truth. And you don't know truth intellectually. Truth is revealed by the Spirit of God. I mean, how do we know the truth about who Jesus is? Because it's been revealed. By the way, many people are wrong about who Jesus is. Many religions are wrong about who Jesus is. Why are so many people wrong? Because God hadn't shown them the truth. The Pharisees were wrong about Jesus. They hated him. They, they said he did what he did because of the devil. They were wrong as they could be. They were religious. They were devout. They were wrong. 
Saul of Tarsus was wrong. He went around, he went around persecuting Christians, right? He went around putting Christians in jail, having them killed because he thought Jesus was the enemy. He was wrong until on one day on the road to Damascus and God opened his eyes and all of a sudden he said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. He was a brilliant man. The Jehovah's Witnesses are zealous in their knowledge of the Bible, but they're wrong about Jesus. I'm just using one example. Truth is not known intellectually. Truth is not known intuitively. It's not something you're just born with. Why are so many different beliefs about many things? I get to ask this fairly often. You know, people, you'll be witnessing to somebody or talking to somebody, and they'll want to know, why is there so many different views about so many things in the Bible? Is it, be is it because truth is not absolute? Is it because truth is just sort of up to anybody's interpretation? Why, this, why so many different views about baptism? Some people would believe that the baptism we witnessed tonight was a part of her salvation. But the Bible clearly teaches it's not a part of your salvation. Why so many different views about salvation? Why do some people believe you can lose your salvation? Why do some people, why so many different views? Now let, think with me tonight. Just think simply along these lines. If, there's some, if there are two different views about some doctrine, can both of them be right? Now, both of them might be wrong, but both of them cannot be right. Because things that are different are not the same. Now, you say, what does this have to do? Because God wants to show us His truth, His absolute truth. God is the revealer of truth. God is the author of truth, and He has given His Holy Spirit to lead us into truth. Sometimes, I think men, they tend to do what's right in their own eyes. Sometimes people tend to believe what's easiest on them. But what's right in my eyes, what's easiest for me, has nothing to do with what I ought to believe. I ought to believe the truth. Amen. The truth according to God. Amen? I'm going to go way back into the New Testament to 2 Peter chapter 1. And after this we'll go back to John. 2 Peter chapter 1, this great testimony... of Peter about the scriptures, 2 Peter chapter 1. Now, most everyone, maybe everybody would know this, but Peter was one of the closest apostles to Jesus, and he saw things that, some of, some of the things he saw, only he saw, or only a handful of people saw, and sometimes only two or three of them, and he's, he's talking here about something he saw. And the occasion was, he was uh, up on the mountains, some dispute about which mountain it was, there in Israel, and, and he, Jesus went up to, and took with him Peter, James, and John. So three people went up. And he saw something. He saw Jesus transfigured before him. You read about that? His, and, and so Peter's talking about this experience in verse uh, let's look in verse 16. For we've not followed cunningly devised fables when we've made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He said, what I'm telling you about, I saw with my own eyeballs. 
For he received from God the Father honor and glory, Jesus did. Verse 17, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, he heard the audible voice that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. That's pretty impressive, right? First hand. Heard the voice, saw, saw what transpired. Verse 19 says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. He said, we've got, we've got something even more reliable than that. Now, I know some people think if you saw it and you heard it, there's nothing more reliable. But the Bible says there's something more reliable than that. A more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. You ought to take heed. You do well to take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Now what is he talking about, this word of prophecy? Look in verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. People say, well, the man wrote the Bible. Man may have wrote it out, but God's the one that gave it to him. God dictated it. God inspired it. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved who, by who? By the Holy Ghost. The Bible is a more sure word of prophecy, but the point I really want to emphasize is the phrase in verse 20 says, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. You know what that means? Basically it means that we don't have the right to interpret the Scripture the way we want to. We don't have the right to, or the privilege to determine what the Bible really means, what it says. God is the author of truth. And He is the teacher of truth. Now, Every scripture, and I'm, not, and I'm not advocating that I know the exact truth about every scripture and the right inter I'm not saying that I do. Um, but what we, want to, what we ought to want to know about the scripture is not what we think it says or hope it says or want it to say, but what does it say? That's what we want to know. And there's only one person who can tell us, and that's God himself. The Spirit of God can show us. Now, if there's one interpretation, there may be more than one application, right? But there's only one interpretation. And if I interpret it to say something and you interpret it to say something else, then one of us or both of us are wrong, right? And, and, and so I'm answering the question, why are there so many different beliefs about so many different things? And the answer is because somebody's not letting the Holy Spirit be their teacher. Because He never teaches contradictory, right? He just doesn't do that. So the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Let's go back to the Gospel of John where we began. Jesus called Him the Spirit of Truth in John 16, where we were, John 16, 13. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of Truth, is come. The Spirit of Truth. We were in John 14 a moment ago. Look in John 14 and verse 17. 
Or verse 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father, he'll give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The Spirit of truth shall be in you. And right sandwiched in between 14 and 16, look in John 15 and verse 26. John 15 and verse 26. But when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. And he lives within us. Amen? Amen? Now we read this a moment ago in John 16. I'm kind of going over things just for emphasis. But John 16 and verse 13 says, When he has come... When he, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now, what does it mean to guide you? It means to show you the way. He will guide you into truth. Um, some people pay good money for a guide. If they're going deer, deer hunting, elk hunting out in the West, they'll hire a guide because they know where the... They know where the Elk are. Some people go fishing. They'll get a guide to show you where the fish are. What does a guide do? A guide leads you to the way. A guide guides you. He leads you. And the Holy Spirit guides us into truth. Now, to me, that phrase, guides, implies something. Number one, we may not arrive at all the truth today. We won't. Or tomorrow. And sometimes I've found that understanding one truth leads you to understand another truth. He's guiding you into truth. It's just like I, you know, you take, the, you take the Bible truth about the church, the doctrine of the church, and I'm not going to chase a rabbit, I just want to mention this. You take the, when you understand the truth about the church from the Bible, it changes how you see every, a lot of other things in the scripture. And you know what he's doing? God is guiding you into truth to show you the way. That's what he does. Look in John 16. I just want to reread a few words here. John 16, look in verse 13. It says, the last part of verse 13, he will show you things to come. Last part of verse 14, he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Last part of verse 15, uh, he will take of mine and will show it unto you. The Holy Spirit will show you. He'll guide you. He'll help you to understand it. He will direct you. Again, we read in 1426, he will teach you all things. Now, what did Jesus do when Jesus was on this earth? Well, he healed people. He performed miracles. Jesus spent a lot of his time, though, teaching. He instructed people. He taught them various parables. He taught them principles of life. He taught them this wonderful teaching on the Sermon of the Mount, the Beatitudes. He taught them so many things. He taught them about prayer. He taught them about so many subjects. He, he, is a, he was a teacher. He will instruct, and he instructed people. But when he left, who's going to teach us? We have the Bible, right? But who's going to teach us the Bible? Who's going to help us understand the Bible? Uh, let me give you an example of this. Go to the left from John there to Luke. Right near the end of the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 24. And this is after the resurrection of Christ. He's spending time in various settings with his disciples. 
In Luke chapter 24 and verse 44, it says, and he, and he said unto them, Luke 24, 44, and he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. That's what Jesus was doing. He was teaching and helping them understand. And as we talked earlier on Sunday mornings about the parables, he would sometimes take those closest to him aside and explain to them in intimate ways, one-on-one, small groups, what he did not explain to others. He is the teacher. But when he left, he said, the Holy Spirit's going to be your teacher. And by the way, this is something that we really need to know about the Spirit's teaching. He is going to teach us truth from the Bible. He's not going to teach us any extra biblical inspiration or revelation. He's not going to do it. If someone says, the Holy Spirit told me something and it contradicts the Bible... I'm not saying somebody didn't tell him something, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. He will not contradict the Word of God. He teaches us from the Scripture. He teaches us what the Bible says. We need to know what the Bible teaches. Now, thankfully, many of us in this room, most of us in this room, can say, you know, we know for a fact God has taught us things from the Bible, right? But there's so much more He wants to teach us. And it's not good enough just to go along with something because somebody else said it was okay. It's like those Berean Christians. They searched the Scriptures daily to see if those things were so. I've said this before. My mama took us to a Baptist church, and I'm glad she did. And I learned some things that um, because I went to that church. But when I got saved, and especially as I got interested in the Bible, which didn't take very long, um, I thought, you know, I'm, I know mama believed in this, but I'm going to make sure she was right about this. Now, I wasn't belittling my mama. I'm not demeaning her. But mama's not the main source of truth. God is. Amen. And where do we learn things? We learn it from the Bible. We, we dig into the Bible. We search the Scriptures. And so, He teaches us things. And not only does He teach us things, we're in John still, John 14, in verse 26 it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Wow, that's a good deal, isn't it? Not only will He teach you all things, He said He'll remind you of stuff I taught you. Now, these guys learned a lot of stuff. What do you think? I'm sure they learned a lot of stuff. You say, well, surely they remembered. Are are you with me tonight? Surely they remembered everything God told them. Really? You remember everything God's ever showed you or taught you from the Bible? So it's good to have the Holy Spirit be a reminder. You're in John's Gospel. Go to the right just a little bit to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, Peter is recalling the amazing thing that happened in Acts chapter 10 when God directed him to the house of Cornelius. And this Gentile, Cornelius, was saved, and and this was such an unusual event. And so in Acts chapter 11, 
Peter is relaying this information and giving his testimony about how that took place. So look with me, if you would, please, in Acts chapter 11 and verse 15. And I'm kind of jumping into Peter's story, but we'll get the point. Verse 15, and he's, he's relaying this now, telling others. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. He said, all of a sudden, I remembered what Jesus told us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He teaches us truth, and He reminds us of truth. Now, what does He teach us? He teach, I'm going I'm to use a word intentionally. He teaches us doctrine. Now, I'm not going to ask you to tell me what you think doctrine is, but I know a lot of people have weird thoughts about what doctrine is. Like I've had people say, well, you know, like certain things were doctrine that they learned from the Bible, but other things they learned from the Bible were not doctrine. But very simply, doctrine is truth. Doctrine is truth. Whatever the Bible says, whatever the Bible teaches is doctrine. If you read what the Bible teaches about how to have a family, that's doctrine. If you read in the Bible what the Bible says about, have, about friendships, by the way, there are tons of verses, not literally tons, but lots of verses about friendship. Make no friendship with an angry man. You know, there's all kinds of verses about friendship. You know what that is? That's doctrine. Whatever the Bible teaches is doctrine. Some people think doc it's just about the doctrine of salvation or the doctrine of the deity of Christ or the doctrine of the second coming or the doctrine of the inspiration of the Scripture. No, everything the Bible teaches is doctrine. What, God, what the Bible teaches about heaven is doctrine. What the Bible teaches about hell is doctrine. What the Bible teaches about giving is doctrine. What the Bible teaches about finances and arranging your finances and ordering your finances and that's doctrine. What does the Holy Spirit teach us? He teaches us doctrine. He teaches us what the Bible says. He teaches us about God. He teaches us about ourselves. He teaches us about our responsibility. He teaches about the judgment that we'll all stand before one day. All these things are in the Bible, but we need the Holy Spirit to teach us Amen. that we know what the truth is. There are a lot of different views and opinions, but all of them can't be right. So all of us recognize tonight that God is the source of truth and that Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit all are equally uh, all equally agree on all truth but the Holy Spirit's been given to us to lead us into truth so what remaining time I have is I'm going to teach you the truth about everything in the Bible no <laughs> I want to just encourage you in this matter. We need to take learning seriously. How are we going to learn this stuff? And you probably think of somebody you know that you're thinking, man, that, that person just knows so much Bible. They must know everything in the Bible. 
But I'm telling you, nobody knows ever. The only person who knows all truth is God. Amen. We have to take learning seriously. Now please hear me. In order to be taught of God, a person has to be born again. You cannot understand truth. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible's clear about that. If you're still in the Gospels, or if you're in Acts, you're nearly there. Take a left and go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And verse 46. Verse 45. Jesus said, and because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. John chapter 8 and verse 45, 46 now. Which of you convinceth me of sin, Jesus said. And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? If I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Verse 47. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you're not of God. He said you don't have the ability, you don't have the capability to hear the word of God. You know why? Because you're not saved. What did the Bible say? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I may go there in a moment, but in case I don't, it says this. The natural man, that's the unsaved man, the unconverted man, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. I, if a person says they've heard God speak audibly, I'm talking about since the times of the apostles, they're just mistaken. I've never heard God speak audibly. But I'm telling you, after I got saved... And, and I would be reading my Bible and I'd be seeing things I never dreamed I would be able to know. And my preacher's up there preaching and please forgive me, but I mean, when, he, when, he's, when he's preaching, it's, it's just like me and him. I, we're the only ones in the room. And God's giving me stuff from the Bible and I can't believe how God's opening my eyes and showing me stuff. God, God never speaks to us audibly, but when you get saved, you have the capacity, the capability to hear from God through the Word of God. It says this about false teachers in 2 Timothy. In that passage it says, perilous times shall come. It says this about false teachers. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They're always learning, but they never really grasp truth. You know why? Because they're not saved. So number one, if we're going to take learning seriously, I'm, talking about, I'm not just talking about learning factual information. People... People literally spend their whole life studying this book and still can't learn it. Because until you get saved, you're, you don't have the capacity. Your eyes are not open. Your ears are not open. You don't have the capacity to hear. Okay, number one, we need to be saved. Number two, we must develop and maintain a desire to learn. And, and this... I have to believe this. This comes as standard equipment to a person who gets saved. That's why Peter said, as newborn babes, brand new babies, Christians, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word. It's been a while since we had little kids in our house. But you know what? Kids don't need anybody to tell them when they're hungry. They just get hungry. Right? It's natural just to be hungry. Listen to me, young person. Listen carefully. 
There's something unnatural about a person who says they're saved and they don't really care about the Bible. It's standard equipment when you get saved. You're going to want to learn more. And we ought to, as we grow older, we ought to be, we ought to be learning more and wanting to learn more. There's a tendency that after we've learned some stuff to just sort of, sort of glide through life. Not really, not really have that appetite to learn. But Peter, you know, at the end of one of Peter's epistles, he said, his second epistle, he said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we ought to develop and maintain a desire to learn. Thirdly, we're talking about how to learn. Take it seriously. Number one, you got to be saved. Number two, have a desire to learn. Number three, we must be teachable. We must be teachable. You know what the Bible calls many times in Proverbs a person who will not take instruction? What does it call him? A fool. A fool. We have to be teachable. Go, go with me if you would. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I know we're looking up at a lot of verses, but I, want to, I really want to cover this aspect of the Holy Spirit's work at least fairly thoroughly. We're talking about being teachable. Now, again, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, three great chapters. 12 and 14 have a lot to do with spiritual gifts and how worship should be conducted in the church. It says that God is not the author of confusion. It tells us that in those verses. It talks about the way they were misusing the gift of languages. Tongues was not just some just talking and some gibberish. It was actually languages that people could understand. And somebody would translate or interpret those languages. And so he's giving us instruction. Right sandwiched in between there is chapter 13. A greater than this, greater than all this is love. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm becoming sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. And so this is what this whole context is about. Trying to teach them, trying to instruct these Corinthians. They had a lot of, they had a lot of wrong teaching, a lot of wrong practices. So go to the end of chapter 14, if you would please. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 37. If a man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. He's, sum, he's kind of summarizing and coming to the end of this teaching, and he says, people, if people think they're spiritual, then they need to acknowledge that what I'm telling you right now is not my opinion. These are the commandments of the Lord. And then he says in verse 38, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Remember when James Walker used to be with us. Not many of y'all remember James Walker. But he, that was one of his famous quotes. He helped us in a school. He was a teacher and he helped us some. And he'd say that, if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. <laughs> you know what he said? What Paul is saying? You've got to be teachable. I'm telling you the truth. I'm giving you the Bible. But you've got to be teachable. Go to, go to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. We're talking about how to take learning seriously. We've got to be saved, number one. We have to have an appetite to learn, number two. Number three, we need to be teachable. John chapter 7. 
I love this passage. Verse 16, Jesus answered them and said, well, let's just, let's just back up one verse. Verse 15, the Jews marveled. Jesus has been teaching and they're marveling, saying, how knoweth this man letters, this learning, this education, having never learned? How do you know this stuff? How do you know this stuff? Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but him that's his that sent me. He said, I didn't, this is not original with me. All this stuff I'm teaching, I, I, I came, it came from the one who sent me. Now look in verse 17. If any man will do his will, the one that sent me, he's the one that sent, the one that sent me gave me this stuff. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. If any man will do his will, he will know. Now where does doctrine, where does sound doctrine come from? It comes from God. If somebody gets up here and preaches sound doctrine, in reality, they're preaching the Bible, rightly divided, and it really comes from God. Right? Sound doctrine comes from God. But a person who is not willing to hear what God wants to say, if he's not, look in verse 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. You know, one of the best ways to, one of the best positions to be in to learn sound doctrine is to be willing to do whatever the Bible says. Let God be true and every man a liar. Far too many people come to the Bible looking to prove their position or disprove their position. But what he do is come to the Bible saying, God, I just want to know the truth. Whatever it is, I want to know the truth. And so there has to be a willingness to being teachable. And I think the more we're willing to obey truth, the more we can expect God to show us truth. We must be teachable. Now give me a fourth thing, if you're writing them down. Not only must we be teachable, number four, we have a responsibility to study. Every young person loves that word. We have a responsibility to study. Study. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. That rightly dividing is like a, it's a, it's a cutting instrument that's a precision, it's sharp. Rightly dividing, cutting exactly where the Bible cuts. Study to show yourself approved. And I know that everybody doesn't have the time to study, but look, we need to, we need to just pick something. Pick some true, some doctrine. And I'm not, I'm, anything about life, anything you want to know about. What does God say about giving? What does God say about giving? What, what does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about how to respect and respond to those in authority? What does the Bible say? And study that doctrine and study it sincerely and ask God to show you what it says. What does the Bible teach? Rightly divide the word of truth. Sometimes I say this and I know that people may wonder why I say it. About certain things that we decided, my wife and I, more than 40 years ago. And decisions we made, made not just based on, on our opinion or our thought, our preference, but based on what the Bible says. We made those decisions more than 40 years ago. And we've never revisited them because we clearly decided this is what God says about that subject. 
I hear people say they believe something and two weeks later or two months later or five years later they're believing something else and doing something different. Who changed? Who changed? We have, we have responsibility to study. What does the Bible say? One of those doctrines, I'll just give you an example. I'm going to almost finish with this. but was the doctrine of eternal security. After I got saved, I knew, that, I knew Mama was a Baptist. She believed that once you're saved, you're eternally saved. And I had no reason to disbelieve Mama. She was right about a lot of stuff. But I had to go to the Bible. Study what the Bible said. And you know what I found after studying the Bible? Mama was right. Study it out. Study it out. Number five, not only do we have responsibility to study, but we should ask God for insight. We should ask God to show us. One of the verses of Scripture that many of you know, Psalm 119, verse 18, I believe, David said, it doesn't say David wrote Psalm 119, I personally believe he did, but whoever wrote it, open thou mine eyes, that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. It's a prayer. God, open my eyes. Show me. Show me. Help me see. Now, I don't, I don't pretend to be a good, a fast learner. And, and I'm not going to get off into this, but I could give you, probably, I can give you more than one Bible teaching that I believe strongly about that it took me more than a year to determine to my complete satisfaction that I was right about that doctrine. Now, I don't mean um, all, nonstop, that's all I study, but I, missed, I just kept revisiting it. I kept going back to it. I kept looking this subject up in different places. You know why? Because I wanted to know. I wanted to know. People go off to a conference and hear somebody preach on something, and before you know it, they're preaching it already, and they never have even really searched it out in Scripture. Somebody years ago come up with this crazy doctrine, absolutely crazy doctrine, that you could be saved without repentance of sin. And I'm not saying I'm not saying repentance, but they, they had no, need no repentance in your heart, no repentance in your life. You can just, you don't have, all you got to do is repent of the fact that you're an unbeliever, and now you believe, and that's all you need. That's not taught anywhere in the Bible, and yet hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people believed it. And I still run into them that believe it. I th why don't we still study it out in the Scripture? Why don't we see with the Bibles? By the way, when somebody comes up with some new doctrine that nobody's had for the last 2,000 years, you ought to be scratching your head and wondering, <laughs> is this really sound doctrine? Ask God for insight. It may take a while. Some, you know, it may require more study. You're not going to learn it all in a day. Amen? The last thing, if we're taking seriously this matter of learning, number one, we're going to need to make sure we're saved. Number two, we're going to develop and maintain a desire to learn. Number three, we're, we want to be teachable. Number four, we have responsibility to study. Number five, we ask God to show us, ask God for insight. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you to do anything I don't do. Lord, show me. Help me see this. I want to make sure I'm right about this. Right? You want to make sure. 
I was pretty sure God didn't like strawberries, but after searching the scripture, I'm sure as I can be right now. <laughs> Make sure you're right about it. And in the, in the last thing, and I think this is very important and often overlooked, we are to be obedient to what God has already shown us. I covered this. It's in Mark chapter 4 and verses 24 and 25, and I'm not going to turn there, but I covered this in the Sunday morning series on Mark. But Jesus in the parables about the sower made this very clear. That the seed is the Word of God. And He said, take heed, take heed how you hear and how you learn. Take heed. Because He says to the person who has, in other words, He has been a steward of the truth He's been given. To the person that has, shall more be given. But the person who has not, sounds a strange thing, but it's the what it says. The person who has not, even that which he has shall be taken away. God doesn't give us truth just so we can say, look what I know. God gives us truth so we can obey it. So we can put it to practice in our life. So we can live it. So we can share it with others. I'm, I'm so convinced convinced of this, so confident, so sure of this in my own heart that any person here, any young person here who's truly saved and has the ability to read can receive truth just like anybody else here. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? Because the Holy Spirit's the teacher. He teaches us. And by the way, if we're going down a wrong path, He can show us that too, right? He can do that. Amen. Doesn't it just make you want to study? Not really. <laughs> <laughs>